This week on Playtime, when keeping it child-centered goes wrong. We all want to be respectful of children, but is there such a thing as going too far? Is it possible that in trying to be all accepting of children, that we turn them into monsters? Find out on this week's special episode with your host, Andrew Barnett, a play therapist from Asheville. Yeah, so I guess I decided to do something new with the intro, but you are still listening to Playtime, and this is still about children, and no, I'm not trying to make this scary, but it is worth talking about when these child-centered things can start to go wrong. Because I do believe, or I have seen instances where whether it's with parents or teachers or even therapists, people can have really good intentions. People could be internalizing all of the values of these child-centered things and being child-respectful and being accepting and following the child where they go and naming intentions before setting limits and everything else. And yet sometimes things still don't go quite right. Sometimes things feel like it has the child has too much control or too much power in a situation where parents can feel like, ah, like I've I've got my kid and suddenly like I feel like I don't have any control over my life anymore. Like I'm just following them around on their whims and can we really just follow every whim of a child all the time? And the answer to that question is obviously no. But it's worth talking about just how these dynamics get entered into in the first place. And what I'm about to say here might not be exactly right. It might not cover 100% of the situations or it does not cover 100% of the situations where people struggle enacting these child-respectful or child-centered principles. But I think it covers some of them. And a place where I see a lot of different people get stuck is with hierarchy generally. Now, hierarchy is just an inherent part of our world where we are used to having other people have control over us, even when we were kids, whether it was our parents or teachers or other people. Even in our society as adults now, you go to a job, perhaps, and perhaps you have a boss at that job, and that boss tells you what to do or what not to do. Or if you're a therapist, you have a supervisor, and that supervisor tells you what to do or what not to do. You have to go through a graduate school program where you are assessed by various supposedly wise professors and gatekeepers of the profession and you have to jump through whatever hoops they want you to jump through whether those are internal or external hoops in order to be able to get the job we're all used to hierarchy in various forms and i'm not trying to uh, necessarily do away with the idea of hierarchy here i'm just trying to name that it exists and name that it's something that we all live in and a problem with living inside of the hierarchies that we lived inside of is that for many of us our emotions weren't respected inside of those hierarchies whether it's with your teachers or your parents or whoever else a lot of times when you are a kid you can have the feeling and sometimes this feeling is correct that the adults in your world don't really it doesn't really matter to them all that much or it's not going to affect the outcome all that much how you feel about a particular thing or maybe you even had the sort of unfortunate experience of sharing your emotions with adults and having those feelings not be respected or not be considered. A part of hierarchy that we're all a little bit used to with that then is that we're used to our feelings being ignored or our feelings being disrespected when we're inside of those hierarchies. And so here's then where I think where people sometimes get 
caught when they're with their kids and they're trying to do these child respectful principles often for the first time and they're like okay when my child has an emotion i'm gonna respect it when my child has a want i'm going to respect it i'm going to follow them where they lead because i believe that they are these beautiful unique beings and that they are worthy of my attention and care and respect and all of their emotions are worth me spending time with them and me thinking about how I can help them with them. But I think what can happen a lot of times is sometimes that hierarchy just ends up getting flipped. Suddenly the child is the one with all of the power and the adult has given over their power to the child. They've created a hierarchical scenario where the child is at the top of that hierarchy. And as much as I love children and as much as I believe that respecting children can lead to a better world. And as much as I believe that we all have things that we can learn from children about the human experience, and that through approaching children with curiosity and respect, that we will create people who are more in touch with themselves and in touch with their emotions and therefore are able to be more whole and more present and more capable and more confident adults... I personally do not want to live in a world where children are in charge. Let's say children were in charge of my playroom. My playroom would be in shambles. I have to hold limits in my playroom all the time. Some of my sessions would last for hours. Some children would never want to leave the space, which I love, right? They love coming into the space, but that's that's one of the limits that I have the, to set the most often is children with leaving the space. My entire practice would be destroyed if children were able to run my practice. And if children were able to, just every time a child had a whim or a feeling or something that was moving through them that they felt like they needed to honor that they felt upset about and every time that happened I felt like I had to respect that thing and every time that happened I felt like I had to honor that thing completely in terms of reorganizing my life to accommodate what they're feeling I would I just wouldn't have a practice I wouldn't be able to have a practice it would be destroyed and so it can be a different kind of question Right When we're talking about these child-centered principles and we're talking about respecting children, we're not talking about recreating another hierarchical example where children are at the top of that hierarchy. I mean, I've had, and I'm, I'm not going to go into too many specifics because I you know, respect the people that I see, but I've had many parents come in and say that they can't have any time to themselves because of their children, that, that their children are incapable of, say, dressing themselves or wiping themselves or cleaning themselves when they're, say, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I've had parents say that they are genuinely feel out of control, out of all elements of their experience because of their child. And a lot of times these parents are trying to enact child-centered principles. And a lot of times these parents are trying to create a home that is more mutually respectful. But again, like we're saying here, the seesaw can get a little bit out of balance. And when it gets a little bit out of balance, maybe you can start to create a monster, more or less. I mean, if I, as a human adult, was able to follow the whims of my feelings all the time, if I fulfilled all of my desires and cravings and wants in every single moment, I would become a pretty intolerable person. I'm glad at the end of the day that I don't live in that world. I'm glad that I have to face some friction between my feelings and my reality, and that friction between my feelings and my reality helps me grow as a person. That at least part of my journey of being an adult, and I think part of many people's journey 
of being an adult is realizing that I can't just follow my feelings around all the time. There are times when I have things I need to do. There are times when a feeling passes. There's times when I'm having a reaction to a situation that's going to mellow out a little bit where I can like rest in what's happening and I can sink into maybe acting a little bit differently than just on that original feeling. I think for all of us as we grow up in this world, we, we come to have a relationship to our feelings where it's like it's nice to notice them, it's good to accept them, it's good to honor them, but we don't always have to act through them. We realize that some feelings can be transient. And I think that these child-centered principles end up being a place where, say, parents or maybe even teachers can get more stuck sometimes than therapists can, right? If you're a child-centered play therapist, we're well-versed in, okay, we've got to set limits inside of our space. We're well-versed in thinking in advance. It's like, okay, what, what are those limits, that I have in my room. Okay, if I've got paint in my room, like where can that be used and not used? If I have sand, where can that be used or not used? I have a body as a therapist. Like, what do I need to be my best self? Do I, will I let soft things be thrown at me? Am I okay if a child touches my arm, say, or touches my knee? We find all kinds of ways to set boundaries both physically in the space, emotionally in the space, because we re- at the end of the day, it's our job to keep everybody safe, and we are in no way. It does not matter how strongly a child feels about the limits that we have set up. Those limits are going to continue to exist regardless of their feelings about them, and children sometimes have very strong feelings and reactions to their own desires not being met, and it doesn't matter how big those reactions are. The limits stay the same, and the limits are consistent session to session. And I think I've talked on previous podcasts about how consistency in some cases might be overrated, and I'm not trying to place it up on some kind of a pedestal in this discussion, but I do name all of those experiences of being a therapist to say that as a parent— trying to enact child-centered principles, that your feelings as a parent and your boundaries as a parent and your limits as a parent and your preferences and what you want to do and what you don't want to do and your sort of larger perspective and how are things are going in the family or in the home, your need for your own self-care, your need for your own boundaries in terms of what you will do and not do for your child or what you will give or not give to your child, whether it's with physical things or attention or what have you, that all those things need to be respected, regardless of how your child feels about it. And I think, you know, with all those limits, especially for myself as a therapist, sometimes I'll have a limit in my room and then later on be like, you know what, maybe I didn't really have to have that limit. After all, um, you know, with, with say like throwing stuff. I, I find that lots of kids like to like to throw stuff and I like to have soft things for them to throw. And then I was reading and all these different kinds of literature that, you know, you shouldn't have. Don't let kids throw things at you if you're a play therapist and all of that sort of thing. And, and so I, I backed off of it. But eventually I was like, you know what, that's that's okay with me. I don't think there needs to be a limit for me around that. I think I get to more interesting spaces emotionally with children. We get to new places inside of them when I relax that limit a little bit. So I think for all of us as adults, we could take a look at our limits and we can take a look at our boundaries and we could see where they need to be flexible or where they need to not be flexible. But if you're someone who is trying to enact these child-centered and child-respectful principles, having an idea of what your limits and boundaries are 
is important and respecting those limits and boundaries is important. And you can even have honest conversations with your children on like, hey, this is how things have been going. I've been, I'm dressing you, but you know, you're nine years old and starting tomorrow, like if you want help picking out your clothes, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to pick out your clothes with you if that's something that's helpful. But I, I've got to get dressed too. I've got things to do in the morning and I, I trust you to be able to put on your shirt and your blah, blah, blah and your blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, but I don't want to. It's like, yeah, I know that you don't want to. I know that you don't want to. You like it that I've been doing it, but tomorrow things are going to be different or however that conversation goes about whatever these things are. But unfortunately, enacting a lot of these principles is not as easy as just say, one day I'm doing this more authoritarian parenting where like I make the rules and this is what's what and everything's really structured and, it, you know, your child's feelings don't matter as much. And then if you're leaning into like, OK, I'm going to listen to their feelings. OK, I am going to witness their feelings. OK, I'm going to receive their feedback on things and maybe have more of a cooperative home that the pendulum can really quickly just slip over to the other side, slip over to the side of that the child is now in charge and the parent feels out of control. And I think if you're a therapist who's working with a family like this, or if you're someone with children yourself, you can feel it when it's like that, right? There's a little bit of an anxious energy to it. Somebody's like, I just don't know what to do. And it feels like their child is just like a, an animal ravaging through all through all kinds of things. And that, that, that situation, again, was created with good intentions and created to try to do something different, right? A lot of these parents who find themselves in these scenarios might be saying things like, I want to do things different than the way that my parents did them and that's a beautiful intention but without that basic respect of self as an adult without that solidity as an adult without those clear boundaries as an adult and taking your feelings as an adult and loving those feelings and honoring those feelings just as much as you love and honor the feelings inside of your child without that foundation none of this child-centered stuff works it just creates another hierarchy and a hierarchy that can get out of control pretty fast if you have a kid who's uh who's running your experience and i think what i want to highlight here most of all is that there is a difference between respecting a child's feelings and having to go with their feelings all the time. There's a difference between being accepting and present with a child and being overwhelmed by their feelings and feeling like you have to do something about it or you have to fix it. That there is a way to respect children's emotions, to respect children's emotional autonomy, to recognize that everyone gets upset, everyone gets angry, everyone has all kinds of, you know, negative, with air quotes, emotional reactions to their experience and that all of those are part of being human and all of those are your child's and that there is no way to take any of those emotions away from them and there's no reason to take on any of those emotions yourself because that doesn't do any justice to your own emotional experience and those are the words that came out of my mouth this episode of playtime thank you so much for listening i of course at the dawn of 2021 at midnight on january 1st provided the muses who co-create playtime with numerous offerings thanking them for their inspiration from the past year and while i was in communication with the muses they asked me for a list of the people on my patreon which means dear listeners that the muses are fueled somehow by Patreon supporters. And for those of you unfamiliar with Patreon, it is a site where you can sign up to donate as little as a dollar a month to help support Playtime. And for all those who have done so and all those who have listened and all those who provided support in any number of ways, both emotionally and otherwise, uh, thank you so much. It's a joy to create, and I'm glad that it provides something out there for those who listen. For more of my work that was 
also co-created by Muses. Go to BarnettChildTherapy.com where you can check out the Child Centered Children's Book series. And yep, I will catch you all next time. Thank you.